Hey folks, Michael Rosso here, Film Photography Podcast. Yes. I'm here in the room with Leslie Lazenby. Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. Owen McCafferty. Moin. Matt Marash. Hey, how's it going? And we have an action-packed show. We're going to get right into it. What's hot and what's not? Six by seven. Too hot. Six by still, seven. Still too hot. Okay. Anything six by seven. Folks at home, for folks at home, what is it? What is six by seven? So medium format. Okay. Roll film. Yes. Six by seven is six centimeters by seven centimeters. So of course, medium format. They all take the same film, but the size is dictated by the camera body on there. The in the you know the influencer sphere, the YouTube, Instagram. Now it's kind of bleeding its way over to TikTok. Actually, I see more thirty-five on TikTok. That's a different story. But six by seven, the story continues. It's never been more popular. It started with Pentax six by seven. Then it kind of made its way. People kind of picked up on the Mamiya seven being just like a, a cult travel and compact rangefinder camera. And now it is the popularity of those two has ballooned the price of your Mamiya RZ67, the Pro and the Pro 2. And now even the RBs, that, that boat anchor, even that is fetching crazy record, you know, well, record for the last 10 years type of prices. Um, so really anything 6x7, a lot of folks jumping right into it because they see their favorite film photographer using one. Uh, influencing which types of cameras uh, that get kind of popularized. And I noticed this from, you know, the time in retail at Midwest Photo. But really it's just 6x7 is like the thing that's persisted. So, you know, every, you know, every time we talk about hot or not, it's always some type of 6x7, but like it's still that way after all these years. And I can't pin it down to a particular camera, but I would say the one that is all time is probably the Pentax 6x7 mm. with, the, with the RZ Pro 2 in, yeah. in a close second place, which doesn't make sense. RZ Pro 2s were meant to be the affordable option, mm. and now these kits are going for more than Hasselblad kits. When did this, when did this transition happen to them being hot? The RB hasn't, become, hasn't been hot for long, but I think it's because of the last two years of RZs getting bought up that people are like looking for cheaper alternatives, but too many people looking for the same cheaper alternative inevitably drives the price, just like you've seen in point-and-shoots. Yes. And in the younger crowd, it's, nothing's changing in, in terms of like people's go, going from, people going from 35 to 120, but it's just happening faster. So like, imagine how, how quickly would you have jumped to medium format, Mike, if you had access at your fingertips and people showing you how cool photos they were taking when you were in college, right? You would have ah. had a medium format camera instantly, right? Yes. So it's the same thing. I there was no influence. There was no... There's nobody showing it. Yeah. Yeah. You had to buy the book and go to the class, and you're like, yeah. But what I find like most fascinating about it is the what's hot, what's not depends on who's watching it mm-hmm. and what they're watching it on. So if you're watching on Instagram, you're going to get a really, really nice camera. Probably going to get a Mamiya 7 or a, a Plabel Makina or something really you know, neat and niche. But if you go on YouTube, you're going to get something that's a like user or like a Mamiya 6x7 mm-hmm. or a Pentax. You're watching this on TikTok, you might end up with a really cool uh, 35 that somebody got a, at a car boot sale. So... Really, really kind of interesting stuff. The the platform is is kind of dictating what's hot, what's not. It's an interesting. I never would have thought about mm-hmm. that. Well, do you want to do you want to do like hot and cold, like go like from oh. hot to like what's not, and then go back to hot again? Yeah, well, let's do some knots. Cause oh, okay. We've, we've been too hot for too long. Um, <laughs> not here in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hot in Cleveland. Speaking <laughs> of six by six, 
Hasselblad, not prices have remained relatively flat over the last few years. What's the, the 500 going for? Hasselblad, uh, like like a C or CM? Yeah, like a C. Like a C are still under a thousand with a with a lens oh, in the back. Uh, CMs are between twelve and fifteen, so re- relatively stable, yeah. I would say. Because the the Hasselblad, as I mentioned to you the other day, Hasselblad Dig is on fire. Oh, wow. crazy! Like like there's so many YouTube videos about the Hasselblad. But that's like tens of thousands, right? No, they're yeah. they're like six or seven for the body. So by the time you're kitted out, yeah, you you're could probably, be okay. eleven or twelve. But you can get a good setup for under under ten, and that's because Fujifilm is using the same Sony sensors as they are, and chugging out a camera that's you know and 4000. Folks were talking about Hasselblad Dig for a split second. So the sensors are are, are crazy great, right? They're mm, right. Where's there a bigger sensor? Good point, Mike. You can't get a bigger sensor until you start paying way 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 more. So what's happening okay. is Sony is making chips that are 33 millimeters by 44 millimeters. So I don't even like to think of it as medium format because it's still smaller than 645. It's like super full frame it's like a little bit bigger than full frame so you can't get a full 645 type cmos sensor until you go up to like a phase or like a really high-end Hasselblad, like an h6d but now those c's are parting so it used to be all medium format digital cameras were 30 40,000. now you only have to pay that much if you're only i know uh <laughs> if you're doing phase or Hasselblad. but with those newer sony sensors Bigger wafers are expensive to produce. Wafers. These smaller wafers, unfortunately not. The smaller chips on there are cheaper to produce. So those 33 by 44s are what their Sony's putting into, or Fuji's buying them, Fujifilm's buying them, Hasselblad's buying them, mm-hmm. and they're throwing them into these different camera bodies and adding their own secret sauce. So if you're a professional, let's say professional fashion photographer. Oh, they're if, all over the GFX and the H1 or X1D2. I mean, you want to be seen with the Hassie. It's it's attractive. It looks like the film version, right? They're they're well, they have one that looks like the film yes. version. That was a little bit more expensive. The one that is really gar- like uh getting everybody's attention is like the the sleeker like one with the touchscreen okay. back. It's uh the X1D Mark II. But they're really sleek. I think we've triggered a lot of people by talking about digital. <laughs> So, okay, very good point, Owen. Thank you very much. So now is the time to get yourself a Hasselblad film camera. I would say this is, if you see two to three years of a camera that holds value and lasts this long, staying stable, jump on it. And Hasselblad has been that way for a while. So does Midwest Photo or KEH... Right now, do you think they have them in stock? Uh, I know for a fact Midwest has over a dozen in stock. Over a dozen? Mm-hmm. So is there a deal to be had? Uh, I don't know. Go talk to the... Just mention Matt's name. You got any pull over there? I got a little bit of pull. Folks listening at home, I'm talking about pull for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get to... We'll get to you like, know, would you shoot a Hasselblad? Yes, I would. Have you had one? Yes, I would. Although, I love my Mamiya M645. Is that hot or not, Matt? 645s, those are still the, my recommend for medium format because they've not gotten into that hot territory there's certain lenses that are that 81.9 yeah but for the most part the bodies themselves are in in the not category i think the other thing that might be contributing to Hasselblad, which i do want folks to know about is repairs on these are really backed up you know there's there's very few places that are Hasselblad authorized very few folks alive that are Hasselblad, you know now, trained and all that doesn't yeah. keh pre-test all their cameras they or they used to i thought maybe 
That's a big question mark. Okay. I'm not sure on that one. Okay. I did talk to uh, Britta from KEH when mm-hmm. I was at Joshua Tree, but I think the the scale of the operation has changed considerably Can't over the past few years. Up? Huge. Is that right? Huge facility. Yeah. Okay. And are they in the market for purchasing a film photography podcast and associated <laughs> store? <laughs> they could, they could use the hype. What? They could use the hype. Okay. So a shout out to our good friends at Roberts. They have Pro Photo, right? Oh, Used Photo Pro. Used yeah. Photo Pro. So, awesome. so this use, would you say Used Photo Pro is at the same level as like a Midwest as far as size? Oh, no. Um, they're bigger. So they're Midwest bigger. is like, Midwest, if you're listening, I love you, but they're going after, like, Midwest is trying to be what Used Photo Pro is. So like, okay. I would say in order of like qualified places to buy used gear from in the U.S., you, you don't want to think about it. You just want to like get a good price and get a good warranty. KEH, Used Photo Pro, everybody else. Do people know about Used Photo Pro? I try to tell as many people about them as possible because if they're looking for parts um, and KEH doesn't have it, they usually have a good selection. Some places, they just don't have the amount of people like Midwest. We used to have parts, but it was because less people were asking. Now there's a ton of people asking. If you don't have the somebody dedicated to it, there's it's no chance. Use Photo Pro. You're saying is like number two, and KEH is like the buzzword. Everyone knows KEH. Every, they are a house, I would say they are almost a household name in like film photography. Wow. Because they they deal in dig, but they also like really special not specialized, but they they put a lot of attention towards the the film cameras and really reliable stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Are we still on what's not? What's not hot? Oh, what's not? Mike, I was actually going to ask you about this. I feel like we're scraping the barrel on 35. <laughs> like, there's nothing, nothing sacred anymore. Every point and shoots, like, the stuff that was 5 bucks, everything's 100 bucks now. The only thing I think I've seen that's reasonably priced is, like, the ultra-wide and slim. <laughs> oh, because it's, well, it was $40 before the new version came out. But maybe yeah. more. Maybe it was more. The, the Ultra Vivitar Ultra Wide oh, and Slim. Okay. Yeah, and the Superheads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still think those are a, a fun little recommend for folks. but uh, That's my top uh, point you'd recommend. All, this, all the stuff that I used to recommend, I could recommend in good faith because it was under 150 bucks, but none of those now. They're all... They're all astronomical, even the XAs. Yeah. You know, you couldn't sell a point and shoot that had a zoom lens on it. No. Yeah, now if you got $5 that's what they for want. it, you ran. And you now it's just like... Leslie, didn't didn't Trev have one last show? Yeah, he, yeah, he, he had, had the Minolta. Had oh, he had a Minolta. Oh, Freedom one hundred. Even they're hot. One fifty. Yes. One fifty. Is that? Yeah. He said he, he said you'd be lucky to get like a hundred. Like right, I'm just gonna end. I'm gonna scroll through TikTok and I'm gonna flash the screen every time a point and shoot film camera comes up. When point and shoot is sold in the FPP online store, mm-hmm. used of course, it's posted always at the rock bottom eBay price. Mm-hmm. So let's say a Olympus Stylus one seventy gone in 10 minutes yeah yeah i don't even know how people like are there apps when people know stuff yeah, really they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll scrape um descriptions they'll also scrape yeah so you have got yeah you got people watching it yeah so it's like ding and like one guy will buy like everything which i try to avoid what's his name name names mike <laughs> <laughs> i'm not you know i don't really bear down too hard on people buying film cameras like if he's gonna buy it and resell it then uh, whatever right you know, it's like the I, film. That's a different story, right? Somebody tries to buy more film than they're allowed. You, well, when no someone film for you, when so, yes, I actually have a graphic <laughs> that I sent to Justin. It's the it's the soup Nazi from Seinfeld, and it says no film for you. Very good, very good. You know something? No soup for you. Come back one year. Next. Uh, when someone tries to buy a hundred rolls of film, that's for re 
reselling. reselling. And some of it's going to all the, 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 t- the places I know that are ports that are making them gray market products. So going to Florida, going to Oregon. Yep. And I just don't have the patience for it. Like I, it, It'll clean us. Like we would have no film any time. Yep. So folks listening at home, FPP on the hotter films like Portrait 400, there are maximum maximums. Like you can only buy two rolls at a time when we're in such short supply. And the reason is I want all of you out there who are shooting – to be able to get a hold of the film, to actually shoot in your camera, not buy from FPP and then flip it on Amazon, because yeah. you can almost double your price on Amazon. But that's evil. <laughs> Nothing for you. Devolve into large format stuff, but this is, again, the influencer thing. Chamonix cameras, they're too hot. Really? What too is it? hot. Sorry, what is it? Chamonix. Chamonix. Were they uh, hot a few years ago? No. What, what, what uh, a little bit, but now they're super hot. Uh, Chinese-made uh, 4x5. Okay. Uh, well, large format. They're too hot, Mike. Everybody's got... Chamonix is so backordered because of of the Filmosphere that... Their Filmosphere. Four, their 4x5 cameras are built out for the year. Like, they... There's, they're not making any more this like this year. So everything's like a la carte with yeah. large format. You buy the body. That's right. it. They start... Slightly under a th- no, slightly over a thousand, like twelve hundred. Okay, for, and so, that's and that's good for large for a brand new large format. That's a good price. Yeah, it's great. I mean, these cameras are so the way I I used to talk about this a little bit differently, Mike. I, I'm not guilty, or I'm not as innocent as someone's. Like, oh, I gave everything a fair chance. Like you know, the the connotation was oh, it was a cheaply manufactured, but really these cameras are designed to last lifetimes. So even a, a cheap knockoff, which these are not cheap by any means will easily last your entire shooting life wow. unless you... For under 1000 Yeah. If you treat your camera right, It'll you could have that camera with you your entire life. Absolutely. No, uh, like, no questions asked. What, what is the... And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm personally guilty of having owning too many cameras. I mean, even large format cameras, I own too many. I own Razzle. I yeah, own that's a hot one. The Crown Graphic. I own the um, Wista. Does anyone know about the Razzle? No. Very I, few. It was, it was such a... No, it was so niche. Was it the 3D printed one? No, no, no. no. The Razzle is a old Polaroid mm-hmm. converted into a 4x5 rangefinder. Wait, like a Polaroid, like a like a like a the one 900. Step, the one no, 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 no. The 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 bellows type. Yeah, got, uh, got it. Like 101 or 45A. No, back further than oh, that. Oh, 95Bs. Yes. This is a 4x5 street camera, mm-hmm. and if folks even knew about it, it would be so hot. I think. Do you know who makes one or used to make one that was just like the Razzle? Oh, Chamonix Saber. No kidding. How many mm-hmm. were made? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. I know. I know. Brunges has one. Okay. Does he really? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Joe. No, oh, Joe. No. <laughs> but they're they're really really hot. I are they worth the hype? They're nice. They're, the Sham would back Chamonix. The back. Yeah, they're very okay. nice cameras. There are also ten other brands that are very nice cameras. What does like like the Wista I own? Like mm-hmm. if you want like a you know a Wista with two lenses, let's say, what would that run you? It, because I'm guessing it's not hot. 10, 11 hunch. Wistas are still six, 700 okay. all day long. Really, really nice ones can fetch closer to a thou, but um, I, I will always urge folks, and this is, so folks, folks at home, you can't see the table, so I've got my Hasselblad here. I've got my, my little, my Dig. I've got this, the Graflex. I have never, except for film, purchased anything large format brand new. Don't buy stuff new. Uh, like, you don't have to. There's so much out there. Right. And I would always recommend when you're looking, when you're really, really jonesing for this stuff, <laughs> see if you can like go to a meetup and check it out. See if you'll even like really, really like it. 
renting is pretty, is not feasible unless you have a, a great place like Roberts or Midwest Photo, like really close where you can rent something out or take a workshop. But it's, yeah, don't, don't just buy it because you saw somebody with it. See if, like, ask yourself those questions. Like, why do they like, like, go for the why, not for the, ah, this camera. Because chances are it's not just the camera. A lot of times mm-hmm. it's going to be the lens, mm-hmm. all the years behind it. Are people buying too many cameras? The, the, the whole the whole thing of we wouldn't have a podcast. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, back when I was a kid, I, I owned my Canon AE one, mm-hmm. and I didn't know. I, first of all, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't have any money, so that was my camera, and I was aspire as Santa Claus yeah. for things like. Can I have a zoom lens? Can I have a wide angle? Can I have a mm-hmm. flash for this camera? So mm-hmm. it was always building upon that camera that I knew and shot with every day. You kid it out. Yeah. As opposed to, are, are people today guilty of buying too much gear and never getting used to one camera? Absolutely. I, would say so. yes. I know I'm guilty of it. Yeah. And are they flipping it and then getting something else? Like, yes. Trading. There's, there's a lot of revolving door that I think happens in it. Um, but. Everybody gets into film and other aspects of photography. That's the best part. You can get into it for whatever. So some folks do like that aspect of it. They have the camera that suits this mood, this need. Oh, uh, on the hot side of things. Yes. uh, Do you remember a couple episodes back, Trev had that really, really, really snazzy FM3A? Yes. Now, there's not, admittedly not as many of those out in the wild as uh, my all-time recommend. Leslie? I've got one. Might be hitting the block. Ooh. Wow. FM2s. I think those are hot now. Got one of those. I, I think don't those know. Are that might be a up. keeper. I think that's a keeper. That's, I recommend that when someone says, all right, I don't want a K1000 because they want more lenses, yada, yada. The FM2 is my go-to recommend. It's Batter- actually one of the few cameras that I purchased brand new. I modified it right away, but I purchased it brand new. fm 3 a mm-hmm. yes. does that A specify something special? It does. Oh. A usually meant anniversary, but I think in that model it doesn't mean anniversary. It means something else. Nikon always had these weird exceptions. Mm-hmm. I whenever something happened Nikon at at Midwest Photo, I would always go and you uh, folks at home, you can do this too. Ask Casey. Casey is the use equipment manager. I'm I'm putting him on blast here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. He is the Nikon guy. He if a funky Nikon thing came in, so him and Trev would just like. Instant brothers, yeah. So I, the answer is I have no idea. <laughs> and uh, how about not hot uh, Nikon F? Oh, the original F. Those are yeah. Those are just left out. Like the you know when you clean up a, a bunch of kids' toys and there's always that weird Lego. You're like, where the hell's this from? That's the Nikon F. Okay, they, they're good if there's any issue at all. Strip them down, sell the parts. Oh, parts do well. Okay, makes mm-hmm. sense. But yeah, they are. But I wouldn't do bricks. that to a working model. If it's just like beyond. you need a camera and students beyond. like yeah, you know, it's it's a tough sell to students because they're going to use the older pre AI glass. So Nikon had all those. The F mount is the umbrella, but for different generations of camera, you'd have to have those different Nikon lenses. And we'll have to consult the uh, consult the mark. For, for more Nikon yes. knowledge uh-huh. on that. But yeah, yeah the non-AI lenses kind of put you down a path where you're only looking for vintage stuff. Right. And no, no chance of going forward. I should put mine on the market forward. on there, too. Just, yeah. I got to clean Nikon F's are come and get it variety. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm guessing your K1000 Pentax and your Canon AE one still on the hot list? Oh, my God. The, the, they're never going to leave the hot list. Did, Mike, did I tell you this? So... I knew film had reached the new generation entirely when I was at uh, Family Christmas. This was on uh, my, my dad's side of the family, 
the farmer and my cousin so he's i don't know i think he's like 18 or 19 now he came up to me he's like hey i heard you're really into like film photography uh, what do you think about this camera and he had it in his cart he almost bought an ae1 off of etsy guess how much he was ready to pay for an ae1 that was untested on etsy, on etsy. oh wait hold on it's 300 dollars 300 dollars 180 close 500 398 dollars <laughs> wow cameras was at least tested untested <laughs> un but he was ready to buy it he was ready to go he was like, what do you think of this camera somebody, somebody and i smacked the phone it. out of his hand <laughs> like, stop stop you're not my cousin anymore yeah this, you, just stop this is the camera yes this is a camera let me find you one do not pay that much money please did uh, you find him one absolutely it's already got it it's okay. got some film AE1 not the P um he, he has a non-P non and then I sent him some FPP film I think he has some Frankenstein and some Derev pan nice. so he's good to go you know and the thing is I send the FPP film I don't think he's shot too much of it because not no buzz <laughs> The the people he follows don't shoot it. Oh, don't shoot what? Mike, uh, don't Frankenstein. Shoot, don't shoot Frankenstein or Derevpan. So, losers. <laughs> we need we need to campaign this stuff. Oh, so he he needs some HP. Well, like where I need some HP five. All he asked about was HP five and Portra. And Portra. Yes, it is a meme, but like it's it's a self reinforcing <laughs> meme. You know, like it's, it really is true. So at least he's into it. Um, he'll always like. Does he buy from the FPP online store? I did send him links to the FPP, so he does buy it from there. Okay. Yeah. Anden is his name. A N D E N. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot. Coffee sap. Oh, that's good. So yeah, the, and so, like that's the thing with thirty fives. I feel like we are like there's gonna be nothing on the not list in six months. All so, oh, Eric, you're saying for Minolta. You're saying everything's going to be hot. Everything's it's hot on thirty uh, on, in thirty-five, just because there's like there's so much demand. I don't know. The, you, are you saying, Owen, that you don't think the Minolta X700 is a hot camera? No, I think that is. It's not hot like K1000. No, I mean, I just think Minolta's in general are not hot. The, the Minolta, and I am, I am, I am a Minolta the, the Minolta Freedom zooms are way hot. Yeah, but I'm talking like SRT 101s, SRT oh, 102s. No, still hold their own pretty Minolta well. gang is is hanging in yeah. there pretty well. I mean, you can, yeah. I mean, I, you can get. I just bought a spare 101 yeah. body. Yeah. I mean, practically mint condition. I think it was it's, 69.99 on eBay. She don't want a blue goodness. It's still good. Oh, I didn't think of that. Okay, I might sure. hit that up because I'm. I did the coffee because it's freezing in I, here. It is not, and I'm down a quart, so I should drink more. Uh, any but, any. Anything else on what's hot, what's not? That no, we I, think, I think we've rented long enough. But okay, it's, good. 126? <laughs> 127. <laughs> 127. 127 is represented by the Rarapan. Yeah, but 126, but we have none. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's all up to the Italians. Come on, Italians. Don't you, you have people over there. I do have people over Send there. Send some people to Ferrania and be like, had, hey, give us our 126. I had people there 17,000 years ago. Go over there and slap that 120 out of their hands. Do, do Jersey style. Come on, give it to us, Jersey. What would you say? I'd be like, look, motherfucker, fuck this 120. Fuck <laughs> this 35 millimeter. No one cares. 126, be king of the world. Mm, that's right, yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Uh, no one. It's almost like no one knows what 126 is, yep. so they don't understand oh. how many millions of cameras are out there. Anyone that produces it has it by the mar- has the yeah. market. Yeah. All right. So we're done with we're done with what's hot, what's not. When we come back, how about we turn the floor over to uh, Owen since you've been left out of every conversation the last few shows. <laughs> it's typical. What are we going to talk about with we're you? Gar- talk- we're going to talk about Gary's camera. All right. You're going to make it quick, right? <laughs> <laughs> Left you out, but make sure you do it quick because oh, nobody wants to hear your stupid voice. Let's talk about camera then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll make it quick so you don't have to listen right, to we'll, it. We'll be back. How old is old enough for the Kodak Instamatic X15F camera? <laughs> if you think we're trying to tell you something, you're right. And at less than $15, the X15F camera is the most inexpensive Kodak camera you can give. Hey, and a shout-out to uh, Sean Nelson, who uh, a few years ago sent me all these files. You know, the old oh, vintage yeah, commercials? Yeah. yeah. But he sent them all cleaned up, all trimmed, like they were ready to go. All ready That's to pop sweet. in. Yeah. Did nice. you send him something nice? I sent him a nice thank you. Nice. Hey, we're back. Next up, a very fast segment by Owen McCaffrey. <laughs> Anything to get me out of here. All right. Possible recommendations for repairing your Minolta. Well, I don't have recommendations, but I have a recommendation. Okay, good. So I had a X700, Minolta X700, that famously is known for two capacitors going bad, top capacitor and the bottom capacitor. And mine are fine, but I wasn't sure. Like, you know, I don't know that much about it. So I wasn't sure if something I was going to have to do in the future, something I'd have to do now, whatever. I looked around locally here in Cleveland, couldn't find anybody who could do it, and found this guy named Gary. His name is Gary, and I'm going to totally mispronounce his, his last name, Arapetov in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Gary has been repairing cameras since 1996. Uh, he's received formal authorized service training from Minolta and Canon Ooh. and happens to have a degree in electronics and radio communication. Qualified. Yeah, very qualified. He deals with manual and auto SLRs. In the manual SLRs range, he does Canon, Minolta, Nikon, Pentax, and Olympus. Wow. And auto SLR, Canon, Minolta, Nikon, and Pentax. He does do some digital SLR stuff as well. He does auto Pentax. Yeah. That's that's interesting. His website is www.gary, G-A-R-R-Y, garyscamera.com. And Gary's camera at yahoo.com. So I sent him my Minolta. He uh, Minolta did you, did you just X700 because I have a trip coming up in Ireland. I need to make sure everything's kosher. He he went ahead and redid the light uh, light seals in the back of the camera. He cleaned up. I needed a new uh, focusing screen because that was oh. crappy. Uh, clean clean the the mirror as well. Did a full CLA on it. It was ninety eight dollars. <laughs> what ninety eight dollars. What? He, he did it in one day and sent it back to me, and it, like everything is perfect. I mean, it was ridiculous. And if you go to his website and you put, like, he has a little drop down menu for the type of SLR you have, he gives you the price right there for like a normal SLA. Most are like 68 bucks. Mine was 98 because I needed a new focus screen. Not anymore. Oh, yes. There's going to be too many people hitting him up. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's, he's, he's fantastic. He answers your email right away. Uh, and obviously he has the creds to do it, so hi- highly recommend. If you're looking for somebody who's not local. Do you think he would be a good... Ca- I mean, I can check, obviously, but you're right here. Changing the Olympus OM-1 over to a uh, 76 battery? 
I, I bet. I mean, the guy the guy has a it's degree in electronics. Lo- some people do that themselves. Sure, so I wondered sure. about. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, he can. Stopping the voltage is just adding a resistor in there. So right. more than likely he'd be. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with the? What does the OM one take? Six twenty five. Oh, it's that whole one point five volt versus one point three volt. Yep. And uh, uh, Canon squeak. Oh, if, the squeal. If you're, if you're one of those people who just doesn't want to do it yourself, which is understandable. So he'll put the can of squeak in my camera, right? He'll put it in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or take it out, depending on what you want to pick. To get it out. <laughs> um, so if you've got a, a, a Canon that you need to get that squeak fixed, and he'll do a, a CLA for a good price, and he'll do it in like record time. You didn't it tell me he does Canons. Oh, yeah. yeah. I need to send my FT over there before like... All these people that are listening to send their cameras. Yeah, <laughs> gotta get in line first. Yeah, I will say. I mean, when I reached out to him, um, he was a little backed up. Although, full disclosure, when he saw I was with the FPP, I got expedited service. But um, he, he knows what FPP is. Uh, he, he he does now. Yeah, mm. he's over forty then. Uh, he's definitely over forty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's more than one of him, or is it just him? So I, you know, is it Gary and company. There were a couple. I, I don't have the other recommendations that I got from Minolta folks, but this guy by far not to offend anybody else I'm sure there's other qualified people but the, the folks that I looked at this guy was by far the most qualified and you think he's individual he doesn't have people working he, with him you're sending it to his house address Whoa. you send him a camera yeah. oh then his wife's working with him she cleans the lenses <laughs> she's, she's, like what's his she's face taking those in question yeah. did you have to send did you send your lens as well as your whole kit and caboodle he wants uh, the whole oh, camera I shouldn't say he asked for it I, that's just how I did you it you just send it with the lens so yeah. he could look at yep, it yep. okay terrific well, thank you very much Owen yeah. and thank you Gary for your great service next was, up was that quick enough that was beautiful okay. I'm with the remarkable new Minolta talker when the light's too dim it talks to you too dark use flash when you're out of flash range it tells you check distance and when the camera's empty load film it's the auto exposure, auto focus, 35 millimeter camera that loads, advances, and rewinds the film all automatically. The new Minolta Talker talks you into good pictures. Great pictures. Only from the mind of Minolta. Hey, we're back. Let's hey, do we're back. Let's hey, do we're back. We're turning the. I'm turning the microphone over to. I'm turning the microphone over to. He's freely. He's shocked me. <laughs> they, I, I feel bad a little bit as a as a Kiss fan from the age of uh, fourteen. Uh, the, the Kiss has no idea of how awful they are. <laughs> oh God, but aren't they brilliant? Yeah, of They're course. Still bringing in that. What? what did not, it, and didn't they play at uh, what's his name's Halloween? Uh, Paul Lind. Paul Lind's Halloween special. If you haven't checked it out, next Halloween. It might be on Netflix. Paul it's, Lind. It's on YouTube. Oh, Paul sure. Lind yeah. Halloween special. Turning the microphone over to Leslie Lazenby for a book review. A book and author review. Book titled <laughs> Automobiles of the Chrome Age. Motor cars of the classic era. Automobile jewelry. Hold on, I've got to feed Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, take it away, Leslie. Actually, the photographer of this is Michael Furman. This is really a very short but sweet book and author review. For one thing, the book doesn't need much words. They're very few, extremely few. The three titles that I mentioned are the work of this master photographer, Michael Furman, who is an extremely accomplished studio and commercial photographer. And I would say he's best noted for... Uh, 
photographing classic and rare automobiles. He is a master of superb photography and lighting control. And you need, sometimes you just don't even realize lighting control. It looks good. It looks good. And you, you have no idea what it went in behind it. He is very much a specialist in the studio aspect of that. Uh, he has produced the most, as I think, exquisite images. They are stunning. They are sexy. And they are a tribute to the original designer. Now, you cannot see this, but one, the only book I brought along, because they're monsters, this is called Motor Cars of the Classic Era. There is a car on the front of this. And I looked at this and I thought, I want this. <laughs> I want this in the back. Oh, wow. I must have this. I must have this. He is so good that when I actually looked at the car, it's horrible. <laughs> but he made this puppy sing. It, it, it's amazing. Do you know so, what kind of, what is that? That is a it's scarab. It's oh, a scarab. scarab. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, a scarab. Yeah, so if you, if you love, appreciate his work. You can love cars. You don't even have to be into car photography, though, to really enjoy the book. I can attest to that. He uh, <laughs> just—I don't like cars, but he—he rock—he oh rocks the studio lighting. What's that book called? He, it, this particular one is Motor Cars of the Classic Era. He has, I think, really he has a passion for design. Maybe not necessarily the subject, but the design that I think is really rarely seen. We all can do some kind of basic studio photography, but when you make me want that scarab and I actually see it, that wide, wide, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, the, 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 the white wall. I mean, it's you wouldn't even necessarily know it's a tire. Exactly. You know, Jeff would call that tire art. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Cooper Tire. <laughs> the guy himself in his teens started with an Exacta camera. He then advanced to <gasps> the classic Exacta. Yeah. Sam Sherman. Yes, definitely. Okay. Please continue. He then went to an RB67, and then to four by five. But can you blame him? I don't know. In 2000, he jumped shark. He went digital. <laughs> It was but, hot back then to but do that. He yeah, was by putting digital backs on his RB and he's 4x5. Yeah, a lot of these look like 4x5 chrome. So um, the, the books of his that I like to collect are primarily his film era images. Everything in the book is big. From the books themselves, they're large, heavy books, large format film, large images. There's one car per page. It's not all junked up. Sometimes it's that double spread. And all you get on there typically is the name of the car and the year. That's it. If you want anything else, you need to go to the back of the book, find the details. And it's nice, clean clay coat paper, but the image itself is varnish coated, and that just makes it jump out. You know, it's not really easy to say anything more about Furman. His photography skills really are, his skills simply are a viewing pleasure. I love these books. I consider them nothing less than eye candy. It's uh, about as clean as image as you can get. As I mentioned, the books are big, but they also, they're finely printed, but they are not cheap. Used copies can bring 50 to $150. They were not necessarily limited run or anything like that, and that's U.S. dollars, but you can find bargains. I have yet to find, two on my list, automotive jewelry. This is going to be hood ornaments, things like that, how these cars were adorned. And there are some further volumes in that area that's called Bespoke Mascots and Rule Britannia. So it's going to all be British. Uh, You know this whole thing. They're there, you know. (laughs) But i got to wait till there's one I'm willing to pay for. So if you like vintage autos 
or if you like incredibly talented photography, composition, studio light control, I highly recommend one of these titles from Michael Furman, F-R-U-M-A-N. Thank you very much. I do have the only criticism I have. Might be mine. Is I wish the book laid flat. I do not like the double page yeah. spreads. That's impressive, right. but it's not comfortable to. But they could have. I mean, maybe not at that and size. It could have done a, a Swiss binding or yes, something to make you're it. You're exactly flat. right. Mm-hmm. The fact that all the pictures I saw, you know, those highly reflective oh. pieces of material. You don't see a single studio light, camera, a finger. You don't see anything. It's. It, they're just stunning. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I've art. purchased a couple of those as, for gifts as for car enthusiasts, and then I would see them and I'm thinking, I need a copy for yeah. me. I mean, product photography so, is hard. It's it's an art. I mean, a, a lot of people don't, you know, they think, oh, you just get a light box and you shove the material in there. Uh-huh. It's it's not. It's hard work. Thank you, Leslie. You're welcome. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us this episode, and uh, we'll be back very soon. It's uh, awesome to be, you know, for for you folks to beam us into your living room, car, earbuds, dark room. Where train, else? Train, Tr- train, train, planes, and automobiles. Yes. The track. The track. <laughs> That's what I do. I dub it to eight track. Oh, okay. <laughs> We could send a podcast down down to Texas to Jack White. He could press an episode on vinyl for us. That would be something. Oh, that would be crazy. Nuts, right? Let's do it. Oh, we could, Let's crowdfund it. We they, could they do have something like vinyl. putting a drop of our blood in the vinyl, you know, and they stir it up and press well, they all have, of them. They have like, that kick, it's basically Kickstarter for vinyl now. Like as a band, you can go onto this platform oh, yeah. and you ask your fans and they will fund a pressing for you. Nice. We, I bet do you know? people will do that. You can buy... No, you wouldn't know. They're offering vinyl again in Walmart. No, I wouldn't know that. I know it's in Target. It would have to be that we pressed that classic episode. <laughs> I know which one you're yeah, talking Of course, about. It, is. it is the episode. You know, Joby knows... I'm sorry, Joe. Joe knows which episode it is. I forget what the episode it is. It's going way back, 10 years. It's going 10 years. Yeah, I may have to do a condensed version on it. On the L- LP, it would say... Uh, um, abridged. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, all right, folks. Hey, thanks for being a friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Go to sleep. 